0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft. I'm coming to you live from the inner workings of Capital One Arena. Georgetown today dropped an 89-75 decision to number 10 Marquette. Here covering Marquette, visiting reporter. I've got Ben Steele. He's been on the pod before, friend of Kente Corner. On Twitter, that's at Ben Steele, MJS, from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Ben, that was quite the offensive performance. Is this becoming old hat for you guys? I know Ken Palm loves them. And I actually, when I have any free time, I like to watch Marquette. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They move the ball.
1: They, the players fly around a lot. They share the ball. Um, you could see the uh, from the, how many assists did they have? 24 assists today on uh, 35 baskets, yeah, they're they're an efficiency monster on offense. They'd actually, the last couple games, last three games, they had slipped a little bit. Uh, and Shaka Smart had mentioned after each of those games that the team had kind of gotten mired into to play on one, one-on-one a little bit against Villanova and yeah. Butler and UConn. Just they, those teams have a like bunch of switchable defenders, and that was kind of throwing off their Marquette's movement a little bit. But uh, today the ball was flying around a lot, and this is more of the... Um, typical Marquette performance from this season except they they actually shot a lot better on three this is, this was their best three-point shooting performance of the season 15 or 31 uh usually for the season I think they were came into the game just above 30 percent 32 33 percent so this was kind of an outlier game for them and if they're knocking down three is they're extremely extremely hard to stop
0: well you know marquette's performance from deep is not an outlier by an opponent of Mm. the georgetown hoyas this is a get right game from your uh your stroke from deep um so tyler Kolick played at george mason during the COVID year i didn't get a chance to see him as much as i would have liked to given how he plays he doesn't get mentioned a lot for big east you know mvp most valuable player that kind of stuff is that should be Yeah. yeah that's kind of my question yeah
1: no he should be um i think a lot of people he he averages just a shade over 10 points a game. I know that's probably what most people look at when they're looking for a Big East yeah. player of the game or player of the year in any conferences. Scan the points per game, but if you watch the Marquette team play, you see how essential he is to the team and that ball movement. It all starts with him. He's averaging almost eight assists a game. Um, last two games against Georgetown, he had 15 assists and zero turnovers in the in the game in Milwaukee. And this one, he had. Eight assists, seven of them in the first half, and just one turnover. So he's remarkably efficient that way.
0: Yeah, no, it's one of those games where if Georgetown could have maybe stuck around longer, he would have had more of an impact uh, stat-wise. Not that he didn't have an impact, but, you know, Georgetown was leading, I think, at Marquette at the half, right? Mm, yeah. If, if they weren't, That's they right. were maybe down by, like, two or three. Yeah. So, you know, these are two of the better performances by Marquette in sweeping the Hoyas, which, which most teams have been doing. Um, I'm not going to lie a little bit jealous uh, post game you know I haven't seen Shaka in a while I used to see him a lot when he was at BCU. Yeah. how much does he love this team
1: oh he loves this team I think he mentioned today this was his second favorite team he's ever coached he's mentioned that a couple times do we get
0: out of it what's the first team yeah, the is other it that team VCU was team I guess?
1: not the final four team but the, the year CDI. after oh after yeah okay okay because I think that was kind of the epitome of the the Havoc defense. I think they were, like, first in turnover percentage on defense. I don't remember who they lost to in the tournament that year, but it was, like, second round, third round maybe. But I think I'm pretty sure he's mentioned that that's the other team. But this team is like, got a lot of fun personalities. They all, like like Shaka mentioned in the postgame, they're all, like, really good – close friends with each other you could see it on the court too the way they play that they actually enjoy playing playing with each other
0: well you know and you know right before half um they went up by 12 in the second half they never they never got closer than 12 it got as high as 25 and i want to say you know they were up you know comfortably the whole time but there was a moment in the second half of the second half where they all did like the the nineteen nineties Duke, where they slapped the court yeah, yeah. and they went after him—is that something that yeah. they've been doing? I mean, they—they were—it was a team that was trying to win by thirty or forty.
1: Yeah, yeah. They—they uh, they do that when they're when they're trying to dig in and get stops on on defense. Yeah, it's funny that Shock has been known as a as a defensive coach. For most of his career but this team is so good offensively and they've actually gotten a lot better defensively over the last like month or so i think they were at one point like 90th in ken palm defense, defense defensive efficiency and now Into, like, they've 60? moved up like 30 point, 30 yeah. spots so it's getting better i you figure that would be the case under shaka but um, i think it speaks to shaka's growth as a coach too that he's been able to uh, just expand is, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches just get stuck in what they do. This is what I do, and this is what I'm going to do forever. But I think it, it, it's a credit to Shaka how far he's grown and the ideas he's implemented on the, the offensive end. Yeah.
0: Uh, do Marquette fans feel that they owe Georgetown fans anything? <laughs> because, you know, this. <laughs> the programs have gone in completely opposite directions since Georgetown beat them in that 8-9 yeah. game of the Big East tournament on the unlucky Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Uh Wojo goes away, yeah. you know, Ewing gets the extension, of, uh, you know, apparently after winning the whole tournament. Is there any sense of like looking back and be like, "Wow, that was a turning point getting crushed in that 8-9 <laughs> game, looking hapless, and now you look like one of the better programs in the country?"
1: Well, I think a lot of Marquette <laughs> people have put out put that uh, game out of their mind that <laughs> ugly. I think they had Marquette had seventeen points in the first half in that game. It was just a brutal, yeah. brutal uh, end of the the Wojo era in that one. So I think they put that out of the. I, I don't think anyone's rewatching that game and trying to 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 figure out the course of history there. But it's a great I, origin I think, story. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's a great origin story. So I think the end result. I think one hundred percent of Marquette fans would take it the way it is right now.
0: So you travel all around, which is awesome. Um, it's great to you know, meet all the traveling media. What did it feel like? In, you know, it's hard for me, it's like I see my kid all the time, be like, oh, you're, you know, your son's growing. I'm like, ah, I see him every day, I can't tell. <laughs> so I'm here all the time. What would you think about the environment?
1: Yeah, it was definitely a very pro Marquette crowd. Okay. Like, seventh, uh, they listed as 7,000 people here today, but I think it was mostly comprised of Marquette fans, and you see the excitement in the fan base when you travel around now. Um, Marquette played at DePaul a couple weeks ago, and I I would venture to say it was 75% Marquette fans in that building. Now that's, you know, Chicago gets a lot of Marquette people from that area to go to school there, so um, they have a definite fan base there, but still filling up most of the arena, and you just see the the excitement of fans coming back and, and getting behind this Marquette team. You see it everywhere now.
0: Was there any concern that you saw in your comments or you know people tweeting at you, fans, followers, that you know this is a letdown game or is Georgetown seen so the opinion of Georgetown's fallen so so far that this wasn't a concern?
1: No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you, you saw Shaka mentioned after the game, watching that Butler game, mm-hmm. Butler Xavier game last night. Um, so he kind of used that as you know motivation for his players not to that. You can't look, overlook anybody in the conference, especially in February in, in the Big East. So I think that probably resonated with his players a little bit.
0: Yeah, and you know he wasn't the one that was there, but you know DePaul lost 24, beat Marquette, lost 24. That's before the streak that Georgetown broke it and they had yeah. 29. Uh, DePaul is the one and they did catch Marquette on that night. So yeah. you know I'm sure maybe there's some Marquette historians out yeah. there that sort of get scared a little yep. bit things like this. Yeah. Before we get out of here, I like to ask, and I probably asked you this last year, what do you think about? Georgetown. Do you think that Georgetown is still a program that the conference needs or would like to have? You know, be I'm not even saying good, relevant, not you know historically poor.
1: Yeah, I I think the Big East Conference is just so much better if Georgetown and St. John's, those flagship programs, if they're rolling and they're strong. That's just it's just awesome for the conference to have those teams back. I think if you get the right guy in here. I think it can flip around pretty quickly, I mean there's so much talent Recruiting well, and in the portal t- t- era, like yeah, it's almost. Can...
0: Like, I mean, it used to be like you know you had a like when like when Crean went to Indiana and they had problems after Samson, whatever you know whatever he yeah. did probably isn't even illegal now. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like there was like okay, we're we're going to be bad for a couple years just based on who you have and who you can bring and who Doesn't has to, have to sit. Be that way now, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, look, Georgetown's got a whole new team this year. It's just not working, and right? The players they brought in aren't bad; they just don't work well together and under the current instruction. Yeah. That's just a fact, and the, you know the results. The results yeah. show that. Um, yeah, no. It's just interesting to get that outside perspective. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, can I count on you to be there? Our Wednesday of the biggest tournament. Or are you gonna? You gonna? You gonna roll in like a cool kid on Thursday? Uh,
1: no, I think I, I think <laughs> I booked my tickets already. There for Wednesday. You know, I might have to be there if, if Shaka Smart wins Coach of the Year in the biggest. Okay. Uh, yeah. They don't, they... Hand out those awards on Wednesday, right? So it might, com- have to be, might have to be there. So. That's a
0: competitive category. Yeah, of course you'll well, have I, guys in the mix at every position. Yeah. I suppose it'll
1: it'll come down to uh, these last four. Marquette's got five games left, and, and whoever wins a conference will probably, whether it's Sean Miller, maybe uh, McDermott, we'll see.
0: I always say last question, and then I always find something. <laughs> no, else, keep it coming. Someone else to ask. The Villanova carried this league for ten years. I mean, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, three Final Fours, two national championships, you know, the Big East would not be thought of still as probably a power six league if not for what Villanova's done. They're taking a break this year, you know, and that's fine. They can do that. You know, Jay Wright stepped down. Neptune's had some injury problems. How important do you, basically, we've got a, it's like a five. I guess Seton Hall is like a five and a half, a six. How important do you think it is for one of these teams or a couple of them to, you know, make it out of the first weekend?
1: Yeah, I think it'd be huge for the conference. And just speaking for Marquette specifically, Marquette hasn't won a tournament game in 10 years. It's been a decade. 2013, that was back when Buzz Williams was the coach.
0: That was the year that they last tied for the Big East regular season title. Yeah, yeah they, they tied these the, guys. Yeah,
1: they went to the elite. In Louisville. Eight. Yeah.
0: And that was the three-way tie. Haven't
1: won an NCAA tournament game since then. Haven't made it to the Big East championship game since then. They've only gotten as far as the semifinals. So, um, getting those first steps for this Marquette program, you know, playing on Saturday night at, in Madison Square Garden, or getting to the site, just the second round of the NCAA tournament, that would be a huge win for the the Marquette program. Yeah. Um, and they got the team that could do it this year. So. It would be interesting to see.
0: They do. And I know during the game, for some reason I thought someone said they were picked eighth in the league. They were picked ninth. It's crazy to think that we watched like an hour or two ago the teams picked ninth and tenth in the league. Georgetown's locked down 11. It Uh, it seems unlikely that they'd be able to leapfrog anybody at this point. Um, Marquette's not going to finish ninth. Um, It's just, it it really is unbelievable what they did. Do you get the sense that this is a place Shaka wants to to, to settle for a while I mean
1: yeah I think he realized this is more of the kind of program that he had at VCU
0: um, you get basketball first yes
1: basketball first you get your own kind of recruits in there you're not under pressure to get the, the five-star big name guys like he was at Texas mm-hmm. um, he can get guys for multiple years and develop them that's his strength as a, as a running a program is player development um, you see that how how good these players have gotten here over two years that 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 shock has been at Marquette um so I think he values that uh he's from Wisconsin uh he's from outside of Madison um so I think he appreciates being close to his mom and having his daughter be close to his mom I think he likes it here he likes the passion of the Marquette fan base um very basketball first so I can see him uh sticking around for a little bit I'm not gonna he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's gonna be coaching until he's 60, 70 years old, but uh, definitely for the next half decade or so.
0: He's not going to Beheim it.
1: No, I, I don't see that happening, but I could be wrong.
0: No, I, yeah, I know. I just think Beheim seems like he's maybe tired of talking to people like me and you. Know, <laughs> that's kind of the vibe I get recently. Yeah. Shaka was great to have in there. He was just like he was when he came through Fairfax at VCU. He's a very interesting guy. He seems to answer the questions that you ask. And, yeah, very you know, thoughtful. Very yeah, thoughtful guy. He, you know obviously it's always better to evaluate after a win that's always a better you know grading scale um, but he's always been a very interesting guy and I imagine being on this beat is fun
1: yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. I actually learn a lot from him because he he actually digs into a lot of questions that you ask and it's been it's been great he's been he's been great to deal with um, and I think it shows maybe for for if the mark if the Georgetown coaching search opens up just the difference, and having an experienced head coach come in like the way that shock has been around he's been doing this is this is his 14th season as a head coach and you see the organization and the way he thinks about player development and and keeping teams together and and all that team stuff like he's been through all that before and I think that just that that experience has been just worked wonders in Marquette because Bojo came in. He had not you know he was an assistant at Duke for so long. Yeah. But it's it's such a different job going over that that next seat over and being the guy uh, in charge of the program. And I think just having that experience is is key when you're a high ranked coach, especially in a competitive conference like the Big East with the with all the coaches they got now, especially.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really this is a really difficult conference to start your first college coaching yeah, obviously right. Patrick was in the NBA um, but he was never the head coach and never you know running a program and recruiting and development is different than getting pros but look where all the team you know Cal Neptune has the least amount of experience and it's way too early to judge him he right. did a good season at Fordham Yeah, um, he's got some injuries um, you know Jay Wright lost some guys but when you look at where the co- where the coaches come from Thad Mata's experience mm-hmm. Sean Miller's experience we saw what Holloway did at St. Peter's Yeah, uh, you know Shaka came in the year before yeah, it's 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 a really good league that's got a lot of really good coaches, and it is a lot to ask I think of for a first-time coach to come into any of these spots and tr- and try and try and perform. I'm not saying you can't do it, you obviously yeah, can, yeah. but when you look around at where the other coaches where the other schools are getting coaches from, it's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: well, another game, another win for Marquette, another loss for Georgetown. He's at Ben Steele, MJS. That's his Twitter handle. You can find him there i follow him have been for a long time and if you are into biggies basketball other than georgetown you want to know what's going on that's what you need to do friend of the pod friend of the pod thanks for coming in and hopefully i can catch you while you're up there uh writing stories on all the awards marquette wins <laughs> i am definitely going to be up there on wednesday and we'll see how long i stay yeah awesome look forward to it always the, the, the best trip of the year